Welcome to Lab Life with the Air Force Research Laboratory. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Kenneth. Today we discuss the importance of STEM education, outreach programs, and how cool it is to work with our Batman team with our guest, Dan Andrews. In three, two, one. Hello, Lab Life listeners. Today, we're joined by Dan Andrews, a member here of AFRL, and he is the Wright-Patterson K-12 STEM lead here in Dayton, Ohio. Dan, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So starting off, we've talked to you a few times here preparing for the podcast, and you have such an upbeat attitude. So um, how are you, especially during quarantine, just staying so excited or at least uh, enthusiastic? Well, it's it's not an exactly an enthusiastic time uh, in the world or here in the area, but we have to adapt. We have to be, as I tell my staff, to be a chameleon. Um, so we're always ready to change during the times. So when you know when this when schools were um, when we had the stay at home order, we looked at all of our summer camps. We looked at all the support we start doing in the classrooms. We started looking at how we can support virtually. Um, knowing that the CDC guidelines, the Air Force guidelines, local schools, states, those guidelines are going to be very fluid and they're going to change a lot. So what we have to do is we have to look at adapting with the times. So uh, a lot of our summer camps going virtual, uh, a lot of our in-classroom support that we go into the schools, we're looking at how we can support the schools virtually. Um, so just, you know, <clears throat> we have to stay positive, upbeat, and, you know, it, it, it's, it beats the alternative. So. Yeah, it's very inspirational. It has definitely helped a lot. So we appreciate that, uh, at least that insight into kind of what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Dan, normally, what would educational outreach be doing during the summer? Um, like, what's your mission and how is how are you adapting virtually? You mentioned, you know, you're going virtual with things. What does that really mean? So our normal summers are hands-on. So we have kids come to our Starbase facility. We have kids come to, actually, they come and do uh, apprenticeships on base. Um, a lot of our stuff is in-person, hands-on instruction. So once um, in early March, <clears throat> when we started to do the stay-at-home, we looked at how can we transform that? How can we take what we do and put it into the houses, the classrooms? How can we bring it to them rather than just canceling? Because, I mean, our, our, our office is all hands-on hands-on, in-person, um, and so we, we're not sure how the, how the summer was going to shake out, whether, you know, whether we were going to still be on a stay-at-home order, whether we were going to be able to go, uh, have folks come into the facilities, and so we looked at it as a part, of, uh, as a way of continuing the support we do, whether if it's at home or in the classroom. So um, right now, <clears throat> this summer, we have looking at the legacy program, then the Starbase program right now, and actually that starts in the next two weeks, we are providing the kids a box of, or a bag of STEM materials, equipment, and things that they can do from home. <clears throat> so what we will be doing is, is we will be doing our instruction from building 196 in area B at Wright Pat, <clears throat> excuse me, at Wright Pat during a certain amount of certain times during the day and the kids can tune into the Zoom account or the WebEx account and be able to follow along with our uh, instructors and our staff. Um, and we're providing them the materials. So, you know, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa or whoever, they don't have to go out and purchase the materials. They'll have it there on hand to be able to walk through with our instructors and with our educators. 
And Dan, you, you mentioned um, that these kids were normally part of like the Starbase program or um, the legacy program. Could you talk about those? I mean, it's pretty cool that it sounds like you're kind of sending as much as you can camp in a box and then, you know, they can tune in to these experiments and stuff, but what's Starbase? What's legacy? So like the legacy is a uh, program that uh, we have, we can take, we have kids start at the age of 11 and go all the way through college or hopefully getting at the end, a government career. Um, so the first phase of legacy is called the craftsman camp. That's from ages 11 through 15. They come once a week uh, to our facility here, here off base uh, to go through a, a camp, a STEM camp, an enhanced STEM camp, um, if you will. And it builds upon every year, 11 year olds, 12 year olds, 13 and so on. And then at the 15 year old camp, <clears throat> we look at those kids and we, 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 we look at their drive, we look at their teamwork, we look at their efforts, we look at everything about them, and we hopefully we can move them on to the junior apprentices. But going back to the craftsman camp, with those kids coming into the, to the facility for a hands-on STEM camp for about five or six hours, we can't do that. And we're at locations at Hill Air Force Base, uh, the Air Force Academy, Eglin Air Force Base, and here at Wright-Patterson. And rather than just shut up shop and, you know, skip the summer and call it a day, we want to show these kids that the Air Force is committed to them and the Air Force is wanting to keep these kids engaged um, no matter what. And so we decided back in March that, you know, if 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 we were if we were going to be um, not doing things in person on the side of safety, that we would like to give these kids still give these kids an experience and opportunity to stay in the pipeline. And so. Um, so we were able to execute that. We sent out, I believe, about 50 boxes about two weeks ago to all of our leads. And that way parents can come pick the, the, the items up for the camps itself. And so we'll be executing those. So each of the sites that I mentioned are going to do a virtual presence um, where the students will sign into the Zoom account and they can ask questions. They can uh, interactive. Um, it, it's we're hoping to be able to. Um, to give the kids a great experience and just show them that the Air Force is still committed to keeping keeping them engaged. Once the craftsman camp's done, then we have the junior apprentices, which are the high school uh, age group. Um, you have to be 16 years old to work on base. So once these kids graduate, so to speak, <clears throat> from the 15-year-old craftsman camp to the junior apprentices, they come on and work up to 320 hours, <clears throat> whether it be in the labs, uh, Air Force, uh, research, you know, whether it's AFRL, LCMC, um, any of the different organizations here on base, they get up to 320 hours. Along with that hands-on work, they get professional development courses, um, what not to post on social media, how to write a resume, how to apply for college. Um, if they need any tutoring, we have that available. So we're trying to give all these resources and professional soft skills that um, you know students either are lacking or need to go into the workforce. <clears throat> so each summer, They'll get to they'll get to work those hours, be able to network, be able to prove to prove to the mentor and to us that they 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 want to continue to work for the government and for the Air Force. Um, and then once those kids graduate high school, we move them into the apprentice phase, which is the college phase. So once they go into college, we need to show them, hey, here are the things that you need to to, to know. Um, how to do an interview, how to do a briefing, some of those advanced skills. Uh, but along the way, we want to get them uh, introduced to the SMART program, the PSIP, the uh, what is it, the Premier College Internship Program, 
uh, any type of uh, any type pathways program, any type of government student programs that they can apply for, they can get interested in, and they can they, they can you know continue on their, their pipeline um, to an Air Force career. And the Starbase program, <laughs> sorry, the Starbase program is a Department of Defense program um, that is run out of uh, OSD, our uh, Reserve Affairs, and those are academies across the United States, including Puerto Rico. And so during the school year, kids come to us, um, to our to our facility um, over at the Child Development Center, and they do 25 contact hours of STEM. Well, once the school year is over, we have a big lull from June, July, and then August. And so what Starbase has done is we've developed flight camps. So 25 to 40 kids will come, um, you know, four times four times throughout the summer and do hands-on STEM camps. And so now that we're doing all that virtually, we will uh, the, we're actually going to have a drive-through uh, where the parents can collect their stuff and their the, the materials and the items uh, over at our Starbase facility. And then our Starbase instructors will be able to execute those camps virtually, just like uh, just like Legacy. That's that's pretty cool um, that they'll at least get you know some hands-on activities this summer uh, what would be like a sneak peek into like one of the you know can you tell us what the kids will be doing an experiment or or building something so so right now um, we're still developing we're still we're in our ordering phase um but you know anything that you can think of um we have um some of our stuff that um i just drew a blank i'm sorry um, <laughs> we can cut this out. I don't even have to yeah. ask the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can answer the question. I'm just not sure right now. I haven't been in the office for a while. Um, okay, I'll but, ask a different question yeah. then. And so what, we can just do a pause. So Ken can kind of can end up editing it. Um, so I'll just back up and I'll say. Yeah. So you, you you talked about all these opportunities with with Starbase and Legacy. I mean. It sounds like they start around 11, 12 years old, but how do parents get their kids involved? Do they have to be 11 or 12 years old? Can you, can you j jump right in at 17? Like, you know, what, what are the opportunities? Yes, you, don't, you, don't, you do not have to start at the age of 11. There are on-ramps that you can get to, um, you know, pending funding and mentors. Um, right now we're around 12 students per age group. Um, it's small. But um, the pipeline, we have to start somewhere, um, and we're a very relatively new program. So we're only we've only been doing this uh, three year full three full years. This will be our fourth year going into the program. Um, you can onboard at any time. If we have open slots, whether it be eleven year old, thirteen year old, junior apprentice, apprentice, if we have the slot open, you can enter no matter what. A lot of our opportunities are on uh, that we make announcements on is for Facebook. Um, follow us on Facebook, uh, follow us on, uh, right, Pat, or we have our uh, .com, www.wpafbstem.com. Uh, we put our stuff out there. Those are, um, we can just at the bottom right-hand corner, click on that. Um, people, people from all over the country can join our mailing list and see our announcements that, um, whether our camps, um, our camps, or if there are local camps in the area that um, are free that students or teachers would want to be a part of. 
So that's a, a great point. We'll make sure to definitely plug to the website a lot of the fantastic work you do. Um, but touching on what Michelle said, uh, going a little further down the line uh, with high school students, let's say someone's looking to join in there and has some questions about opportunities. Um, what uh, You mentioned they have a lot of hands-on hours, that 320 hours, and a lot of professional resource development. Um, how does that kind of translate? Does that go into college credits at all, or does that go toward like um, internship programs for them to use in school? So, so the, you're talking about the skills and the classes. They do not. They're, they're they do not go towards college credit plus. Um, it is built in into that 320 hours. So uh, mentors get them for between 30 and 35 hours, and then throughout the week we'll bring them up. We'll have folks that are on base, professionals um, uh, that are on base that do job interviews, that do write write resumes. Um, for example, Brian Stevens. He's in DP. He's in charge of the um, spark, uh, the part where Students go into the SMART program, PSIP program, things of that nature. If you like this, if this is something you want to do, here are the, here are the, the I won't say cheat codes, but here is the information that you want to do. You're going to need 30 credit hours. You're going to need 60 credit hours. You're going to need this in order to be eligible for these programs. So it's in all honesty, it's just a free resource that these kids can use and take uh, to move to the next level. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense to really give people or put it out uh, straight from at least saying this is a great way to give you that leg up to say, hey, if you're looking to join uh, either work at the Air Force or like you said, get that Pathways or PSIP program going, uh, you have a resource to not only give you that information, but work with the teams there that are present. Um, yep. So with that, then we kind of talked about the full journey. Um, do you have any success stories or people you'd like to say that had a really cool experience going through this program, maybe even into PSIP or pathways? Yes, uh, we've had several in the three years we've, uh, we've been around. <clears throat> we have two smart students that will be starting this year, this summer or fall. Uh, we have one PSIP student. We have three way students. We also have an AFRL scholar working down at Eglin Air Force Base. We also have one uh, one young lady who is uh, an Air Force Academy cadet listed in the Navy or have gone into the ROTC. Uh, we also have an uh, Air Force ROTC, um, I believe, at Yale. Um, so we have a lot of a lot of success stories. Uh, we have a lot of folks that have um, been able to. Um, flow through the pipeline to the next stage. <clears throat> I mean, again, we're just. Uh, my, my overall goal in this is to have a STEM literate society, whether you come work for us at AFRL, Air Force, Wright, Pat, Navy, Army, DOD, or you're just, you know, you get into the STEM career fields and, and a betterment for the nation and, and the national security. So, you know, we, we've had a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good success stories just in the small amount of time we've had here. And with those um, older students, the ones who are going into high school and with college, is there a way they can also uh, give back outside of just saying like, hey, I'm working with these teams, are they able to teach younger students or come back to the program? Absolutely. We encourage that. We also, um, a lot of our students, uh, junior apprentices go back and help with the craftsman camp <clears throat> as, as well as the apprentice, the college kids. So it's kind of a, a circle of mentorship. So we try to we try to have those the older kids that have gone through it or the older kids that that even haven't give back to the craftsman students. Uh, we actually have a junior apprentice, I believe, or no apprentice, excuse me, an apprentice down at Eglin who's going to teach a class for the craftsman camp. So one of the lessons um, this year or this coming summer will be taught by a a, 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 a apprentice um, down at Eglin. So that's it's a very exciting. We try to 
I was, I'm an Eagle scout uh, and the boy scouts. So we've always done the whole mentorship, give back. So that's one of the, um, one of the feathers we like to put in our hats at legacy is to the, the give back. And do you have like regular air force, whether it's air force research laboratory or life cycle management employees or the intelligence center employees, are, are they active mentors within this program too? A absolutely. Um, so uh, any of it, it, we have, uh, I believe, between 50 and 70, um, I, I, I'm trying to, the number fluctuates, but yes, the everyday Air Force Research Laboratory Lifecycle Management, um, <clears throat> Air Force Institute of Technology, 88th Air Base Wing, the Med Center of Civil Engineering, yes, those, those folks are mentors to our students. Um, they also come and speak at our craftsman camp <clears throat> so we can get those folks familiar with, the, with folks on base and what their jobs are. So yes, we we definitely have a lot of support mentor wise from the labs and for the life cycle management. So if you need more, like people might be like emailing you now because <laughs> on hey, the podcast. Please, please email us. We I mean we would love to have it. It's Daniel.andrews.one at us.af.mil. Email me. Awesome. That's great. Um, and then so you you've explained just a few of the programs that your office does, but I, I think there's more like I remember was talking about like uh, first uh, first Lego and the robotics league. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'd love to hear about that. And just a little bit about your overall you know, mission. Why is the Air Force investing in STEM education? Um, yes, uh, we, we have 18 programs in the education outreach office. We support first programs um, for Ohio. <clears throat> we start at the six to nine year olds in the first Lego league junior. Uh, then we go to 14 year olds with first lego league we just are, have acquired the apart, affiliate partnership with the first tech challenge which are seventh grade through 12th grade and so we have we, we definitely have a strong foothold with first in the state of ohio <clears throat> we manage the entire program uh, we look to get pro or uh, look to get tournaments going for us we support them uh, with trailers we have uh seven to eight trailers that we deploy out in october they don't come back to february that supports the entire state Ooh, let's see we have uh programs whether it's tutors mentors classroom speakers scanning electron microscope educators um, wizards of right program that has blown up since we've uh, gone at our stay-at-home orders um, the wizards of right has def has blown up to several different flights uh, we have wow tv for kids which is a, a two a minute and a half to two and a half minute video where you see uh, children's hands doing the experiments while one of our licensed teachers is doing this doing doing the voiceover, um, and it's very very kid kid targeted. We have Wow TV for teachers, so if teachers want to use our lesson plans um, in their classrooms, whether it be in this local area or outside the local area, they can. <clears throat> we have DIY videos for those that want to do, do a home videos. Um, we also in, uh, implemented a uh, Wow on Wheels uh, program where if people want volunteers from the base, whether it be scientists, engineers, subject matter experts, they would like them there for six weeks. Well, we can't give our employees out for six weeks, but we can give you the equipment to be able to fill that six weeks and you can have the 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 employee from the in the beginning to say hey here's this these this neat equipment here's what we do with it in the air force and then at the end they could come back in and say now that you've done this six-week lesson here's how i implement it into the air force here's how i implement it to my everyday life and all the equipment's free um within a 30 mile radius we we can have it delivered to you or we can uh, schedule a pickup but um, all the equipment is is 100 free 
And it's just a, another way to support the teachers and the students in the local area. So you, you just talked a lot about uh, Wright-Patterson-centric programs in Dayton, Ohio, but I know that there's STEM programs across the country, like uh, APRL has a location in Eglin, uh, Florida, uh, near the base there. I know we have STEM programs there, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where our, our space and directed energy uh, directorates are. So kind of all over the country. Uh, can you talk to um, the Air Force's purpose in investing in STEM? Yes, uh, the, the investment in STEM is, is a huge piece to the future. Uh, we're trying to get these young kids interested in science, technology, engineering, math, aviation, aerospace. This is going to be the next generation that the next generation workforce. So right now, people say we're K-12. Yeah, OK, we are going to be the ones inspiring these kids to come and, and and be the future be able to solve these uh you know world problems that we're, we're continuing to face this is our this is going to be our future at least my future um i i just did a, a speaking uh engagement on friday to the graduating seniors for first in ohio and you know the these are the kids this generation is going to be um the forefront of the uh, of the new generation of problems um but, but for the Air Force, we need to make these jobs attractive. I mean, we're, we're talking that we're, there are jobs that in 2030, we're going to need to fill. We don't even know those jobs right now. AI is a big one. Artificial intelligence is going to be a big one. We need to get kids interested in those type of fields to be able to come work for us. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's invaluable. And we don't want to miss the mark. Uh, um, you know, Everyone else is, is trying to do the recruiting piece. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to spark that interest to get the kids interested into coming work for us one day. And I think that answers it, didn't it? I kind of rambled. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it, it, it absolutely answered it. When you first told us about like the, the STEM in a box a, a few weeks ago, or maybe it's been a month ago, uh, you know, kind of that pivot that you made, I was thinking, you know, sitting at home in, in a world that's kind of scary right now and, and it, our greatest hope for a sense of normalcy and solutions are scientists or engineers that are that are coming up with ways to make the world, you know, world safer. And we need to develop those kids today, you know, that could be, you know, opening that STEM, in a, a STEM camp in a box in a, in a couple of weeks or a month. You know, they're the ones that can, you know, solve those problems in the future for us. We don't even know. Um, Ken and I have had some, you know, great talks with, you know, people at AFRL that are doing things, whether it's, you know, about, uh, you know, tracking the pandemic or, you know, uh, coming up with, you know, isolation systems. AFRL and the Air Force has, has a lot of work in solving the world's problems right now that we see on our TV, let alone the problems we don't see that are on our TV. So it's just really cool that we need to we need to help inspire that next generation to um, to help our world. To your point, you know, you know, Brian Stevens informed me that we had a, a young lady that joined the legacy program in the apprenticeship. She's been working with USAF Sam on the on this COVID crisis. I mean, that's that's the type of of leverage that we want to be able to show folks that hey, you're going to come in and, and manage these type of things. You're going to work on these type of programs. I, I mean, I've had friends in the private sector tell me that yeah, I I, I don't have the freedoms you do. Well, what do you mean you don't have the freedoms you, you, you that I do? And they said, well, I've been here for, you know, seven, eight, ten years, and I'm only doing, you know, 10% of what you're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm managing people. I'm managing budgets. I'm, I mean, I have the best job in DOD, uh, hands down. Um, and I'll argue with anybody about that. 
I get to have, I get to, I get to work with like-minded people, educators, professionals, program managers to help get students excited about STEM, get excited about coming and working for the, for the Air Force, Air Force Research Labs, Air Force, whatever. There's something rewarding for that. And, and Wright-Patterson Air Force Base has one of the largest K-12 DOD STEM shops, hands down. And we just continue to, 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 to rumble. Uh, like you said, we pivoted, you know, back in March, we made a, we made a, we made a huge pivot and a huge gamble on, you know, trying to get camps uh, into kids, houses, um, them and parents. One of the best things is to do that is we're going to film the experiments and be able to we'll post them up on our YouTube channel. So that way, if parents have, parents aren't able to have their, their kids at that time, well, here's the, here's the website you can go visit. You can do that at seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, or if kids aren't even in the camp and they parents are looking for experiments and, and wanting to get these kids excited, they can log on and execute as well. And I'm glad you touched on that. Um, with the students going through K through 12, we talked about how engaging those students early on is like always the first part. Like how can you get a hook to pull people in to be excited about you know science, technology, engineering, and beyond? And once they see these tactile experiments, especially if you can send them or have a video to watch, it's easy enough. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of pulling on a thread you mentioned earlier, um, how is your team adapting the future? Like talking about AI and quantum and trying to really get these new STEM technologies into these mm-hmm. kids' heads. What, uh, what we're trying to do is we try to get our subject matter experts, whether it's in the labs or in the life cycle management, wherever, we want to get them talking. We want to be able to have um, the folks, the, the experts, the, the folks that we have in, on the base be able to talk to the kids on uh, what, what AI they're working on, what's the future. Uh, for example, we had one of the students from the, uh, the craftsman camp, the 15-year-olds, uh, kind of did a meet and greet with the guys from the Batman lab. And the kid was so excited that that these guys were able to work on these type of, of equipment and ty- have that type of mission. He got their email addresses. He got their names. He got their contact information. He wanted to contact them after the camp. And so they contacted him. He contacted the, the, the folks at the Batman lab and the Batman lab said, we want that kid as our mentor or as our, uh, our student. And so, but he didn't turn 16 until middle of June. And so it was like, man, we could, so what we did was we held on to him. We brought him in as a 15 year old. And when he turned 16, we launched him into the Batman lab. So he was able to make that transition. And the kid was thrilled beyond belief. Just, I mean, that's the kind of connections that we want to do. And one day he is going to base, he is going to create and develop equipment for the warfighter and for the air force research lab to, to, to better themselves and to move on. Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, first of all, we've talked about it a lot, but the Batman Lab still a very cool pull in for anyone. What a oh name. yeah, <laughs> except for except for we get the, the little kids when we say the Batman Labs here. We did the STEM hoopla. They uh, where's Batman? And we're like, what do you mean where's Batman? We've actually had kids like crying and bawling because they didn't. The Batman Lab was not you know Batman. Oh no. So. <laughs> Yeah. My, my son actually asked me to get his, get the autograph from the Batman, from the Batman lab. And I said, that, that's, that's not the Batman you're thinking. So pretty cute. Uh, oh no. I'm <laughs> making kids cry. But for our listeners, Batman has a bunch of periods between the letters because it's an acronym and Batman stands for battlefield air targeting mandated knowledge. It's a program that eliminates a lot of the challenges when we think about all the pounds of, of gear and equipment that our um, operators carry out in the field and, and what can we do to 
um, you know, reduce that fatigue and workload. Um, one of the things that's been in the news lately is the bat dock technology that it's kind of like this wearable technology that helps you um, monitor patients um, in, in the field or, you know, and, and they're, you know, translating that to, you know, testing for some of our, um, you know, like Wright Patterson Hospital with, you know, COVID patients, how do you monitor vitals in, in, a, uh, in an intense environment? So uh, j just that's what Batman is for anybody that's listening, but you can check more out on our website or maybe we'll get the bat, bat doc guys on our, our, our podcast sometime. Yeah. <laughs> ask for their autographs. That still counts. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And um, something else I wanted to ask, um, kind of along that vein then, um, you mentioned there's that really cool moment where students find what really clicks with them, whether it be with the bat doc team, let's say they may find something in materials they really enjoy, um, whatever they may, or quantum going forward. Um, what is it really like seeing that like, aha, or that click moment when you see these students going through STEM? Like I have to imagine that feels great for the program. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, 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 that really reinvigorates me to do my job. Once you get through all the, the, the bureaucracy, the meetings, and all the, the, the whatchamadoodles, once you see that, that, that excitement, that student, that, that just, just the, the light bulb goes out, the aha moment, or we were able to match that kid up with, with a job, with a pathway job, with a piece of, with a smart, I mean, for instance, we had a, a student um, get a, a smart spot, a smart scholarship spot, and she immediately emailed me numerous. I mean, I, I think I probably had several emails and about five or six text messages. And I have to give a shout out to Ed Bujan um, and Brian Stevens. Um, those guys are, are amazing. They do great with the Smart and the PSIP program. But this young lady, she was thrilled. Um, she's going to Rochester up in New York, Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, she did a lot of her studies at AFIT. And so when she was able to um, get her smart, smart ticket, so to speak, she, she was just thrilled. And so after I got done reading the three, four emails and, you know, 12 text messages, I was able to respond to her and she was just absolutely floored that she was, that she made it. And so uh, we'll be expecting her this summer. Um, but it, it, again, I, I've been in the office since 2008. Um, I have, I love this job. I have no, no intentions on leaving um, just because of those aha moments and that, that give back and that, 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 that smile that a student gets when you've, uh, when you've reached them. So. That's, that's awesome. Um, and with that, uh, so when you, you mentioned you started in 2008 then, so kind of touching on your journey, um, how did this all start? Like, how did you find this position that you really, really grew into something now that you love? So it, it's, it's interesting. Um, back in 2003, when I was a junior in college, um, I played soccer with a uh, with a gentleman whose wife worked in the history office at ASC, the Aeronautical Systems Center at the time, which is now life cycle management. <clears throat> and I took an internship in the history office. And I guess I did well enough that the public affairs folks upstairs at ASC picked me up and said, we'll take you and as a smart or as a, um, oh gosh, it was a, a student intern program and uh, a step higher. It was a step higher. And so I did a step hire for a year or so, and then they moved me to the skip, um, which is another student program. And so I became a full-time public affairs specialist in 2008. A week later was offered to go to the education outreach office. Um, <clears throat> the uh, lead there was talk, starting to talk about retirement in a couple of years, and they wanted somebody to kind of learn the craft 
before she retires. And so March 1 of 2008, I came over and I was the deputy of the education outreach office. In 2011, I became the uh, lead for the office and been ever since. Um, currently, I'm the acting Air Force K-12 STEM lead um, until they fill a position. But 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 right Pat's my home and I'm <clears throat> I have, I, again, being able to, to manage a great group of 20 plus folks uh, that, that has the same drive, the same excitement, the same, you know, kid focused, kid friendly, teacher friendly, teacher focused. Um, it, it's been awesome. I hopefully I can finish my career here. That's really awesome. You know, Ken and I think we have pretty cool jobs at AFRL too, but we won't, we won't argue. We won't debate, but uh, <laughs> that, that's fine. We'll give you this one. <laughs> I'll take the win, but public affairs is also pretty doggone cool. That's that would that's my second favorite job in my career in my in my career. Yeah. So yeah. pretty neat. Thanks Tell for the win. <laughs> Tell the story. <laughs> so um Ken can interrupt me if I'm wrong, but I think we've kind of captured some of the stuff we want to talk to uh you about today. One of the final things that we usually ask our guests is, you know, is there a piece of Air Force technology that you know really inspires you? So I read that question and it's kind of interesting. So my, so in my, in college, uh, I went to Defiance College and I was originally going for education. I wanted to be a teacher. Well, my journey changed and I became a history major. And so I had to do a, a, a final project for my senior year. And it was just happened to, as a matter of fact, before my senior year, I was working for the history office. And so I helped write uh, the Wright-Patterson book, Home Field Advantage. So I have several inserts in that uh, in that book. And so what I did was I started reading more about World War II aircraft. And so that had that really inspired me to dig into the Air Force a lot more, especially being in the history office and having a lot of the information. So um, I would say World War II um, aircraft really is that that research from where we where we kind of began, where we started to where we're at now is just, an, it's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. And really this message has been not only an inspirational one, but really given guidance to students who may not know about the STEM outreach program or like parents who may want to get their kids started off on the STEM track. So I uh, really appreciate you joining us today. And was there any final messaging or anything else you wanted to say about the STEM outreach office before we uh, close shop here? Um, visit our website, uh, www.wpafbstem.com. Uh, we also have something for Air Force for those that are outside the Wright Pad area. It is www.afk12stem.com. Um, it will also those will show you the different locations around the country of different uh, K-12 STEM outreach offices. There's also act, uh, activities. There's also any type of um, any type of programs or contact information um, to be able to get a hold of your local base to see what kind of support they have. But um, but but we're here. We're, we're a free resource. Utilize us. If there's anything you need, please let us know. Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Make sure to follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube at AF Research Lab. And remember, stay curious. Logging off.